This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, we, we started a, uh, a series here a couple weeks ago called Stronger. How many, of you guys, uh, how many of you guys have been operating in strength in your life? Anybody in here? Well, we want to continue in that vein today in uh, talking about stronger. And uh, it's so funny because I was actually thinking about this on the front row. My, my left knee's been a little sore. And uh, um, here a couple, probably two weeks ago, my son's playing soccer now. And you know, I don't think that I'm getting any older and I think that I, can still do the same things that I've always been able to do. And, uh, you know, when you're on a field full of eight little eight-year-olds, it's like you don't want to, you know, you kind of want to humble them. You know, you just, you want them to understand that you're the better being in that in that realm, especially when you're the coach and, you know, they're not listening. I, I don't I don't head coach, but I am the assistant, and these kids still don't listen. And they disrespect, and they make comments, and they do all these things. And so, you know, you have to get out there and kind of mix it up with them a little bit. Bit and humble them, right? And so one of those things is just letting them know that you're still faster than they are. And so uh, two weeks ago, we're out there, we're running these these uh, these sprints across the field, <laughs> and I was great until the third one. And then I was like, wait a minute, something's not working right here anymore. And so uh, I'm healed, I'm healthy, and I'm whole. But uh, and I'm strong. My knee is strong. But uh, you know, much like our human bodies, sometimes we don't feel strong. How many of you guys have ever been there, you know, where you don't necessarily feel strong, but the Bible says that we don't walk by how we feel, we walk by faith, not by sight, not by what's going on. And the same thing is true for us as believers, as as children of God. He wants us to be strong, and he has shown us uh, the promises and the principles behind which we can live a life that is strong. The first week we talked about the fact that we need to think right and obey, and uh, that that is one uh, important component to living a strong life. Last week, Pastor Mike talked about uh, knowledge and vision, and that when we have knowledge and when we have vision, we're stronger, and and so today I just want to continue. You know, we've been looking at kind of Ephesians 6.10, and that says to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and so we know that God is strong. We know that God's strong, and he wants us to be strong. He's made you and I strong. We also know that he strengthens us. He continues to strengthen us in, in, in our lives and in what it is that we go through. And uh, he wants us to be strong. He wants us to be strong in our personal life. He wants us to be strong in our marriages. He wants our, 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 our families, our extended families to be strong. He wants our businesses. He wants every area of our life to be strong. Did something just happen to my microphone? No? Okay, good. Okay, well then we'll keep going. And so he wants us to be strong. And, and Paul goes on to say there in verse 11 of Ephesians that, that to, to put on the whole armor of God so that we are able to stand against the strategies of the enemy. How many of you guys know that, that as much as God wants us to be strong, we know that that's truth, that, that we have an enemy. We have an enemy that has strategies and he's trying to keep us from walking. He's trying to keep us from operating. He's trying to keep us from living in this strength that God uh, uh, wants us to live in. And so today, 
I want to talk to you about uh, how to be stronger when God's priorities are over pride. And I want to look at the, uh, a, a guy that we don't look at very often, but he was a king. He was the king of Judah. He was, I think he was the 10th king of, of, of Israel. And uh, we see the story of King Uzziah that he was, he was um, basically what happened was is that he, he was strong, but he ended uh, in pride. And so he fell from this place of strength. And so kind of what I see in this story is, is that one of the strategies that the enemy used against Uzziah is often used against us. And so I just want to look at this story today and just kind of glean some principles for our life when it comes to living this strong life that God's called us to. And, and uh, what you have to understand about King Uzziah was is that he came into uh, ruling uh, the people in kind of a difficult time. And it was kind of actually a, a weird thing because uh, they, they, they kind of passed over his dad. You know, it wasn't, uh, a lot of times you think of the king, kings were succession. They would succeed and then they would succeed and they would succeed. But, but because of some circumstances, the, the people of Israel just passed over and they chose uh, Uzziah, which, which was amazing because Jerusalem was in disarray. It was, it was uh, uh, the city had been damaged. Some of the people that, that uh, had been taken off and, and um, were in slavery and, and hostages to, to some of the surrounding people. Um, and, and what's really even probably the most crazy thing about it was is that when he came to become king, he was 16 years old. Can you believe that? Like I got, I, my, one of, my son is getting ready to turn 16 in a few days. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't even really imagine my son being the king of a country. But we see right here that King Uzziah was, he, he became king at 16. I don't know about you, but when I was 16, I was really in no position to be the king. You could ask my dad, right? I was driving things into the ditch and destroying things and just, you know, didn't have a whole lot of wisdom, right? Uh, but, but nonetheless, King Uzziah, um, we, we see some amazing things that God did in his life. And, uh, and so we pick this story up because here he is, he's 16 years old, he steps into this kingship and he served for 52 years. And so you can kind of keep that in the back of your mind. But, but we pick it up here in 2 Chronicles 26, uh, verse four, and it said that he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father um, had done. Uzziah sought... God during the days of Zechariah. Now you have to remember Zechariah was a minor prophet, you know, so he would be, he, he would be considered kind of a pastor or a spiritual leader or guide, guide to King Uzziah. And so it says that, that he sought God during the days of Zechariah who taught him to fear the Lord. So, so it's, that is a very important concept that, that, that this young man at 16 understood the value of spiritual leadership and guidance in his life. And, 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 and Zechariah taught him to fear and honor God. As long as the king sought guidance from God, God gave him success. And so we see here that even though he was young, I, I see kind of three or four principles right here that 
Number one, he obeyed God. He did what was pleasing to God, and he sought God, which to me, that shows that he had relationship with God. And number uh, three was that he feared God, so he honored him, and he sought God's guidance, which meant to me that he, he basically was following after God. It was, it, was, it was really God's will and not his will. So his, he, he lived a life of humility, realizing that, you know what, I'm gonna follow him, I'm gonna follow this man of God that he's put into my life, and what we see is, is that God rewarded him with success. And, and later on here, I, I don't wanna read this whole chapter, but I'd encourage you to go home and read it because it really just kinda outlines some great things, but I just wanna uh, point out that, that as he began to, to step into this and God began to bless him that later on he went to war and it said that God helped him. In 2 Chronicles 26 verse 8, it said that as he did this, his fame spread far as the, the entrance of Egypt for he became what? Exceedingly strong. And so we're, we're talking about this concept of being strong in our lives. And so we can see here in the life of this young, young man that he sought the Lord, he honored the Lord, he had spiritual leadership in his life, God helped him. And, and, and he began to make him exceedingly strong. Uh, what was really cool was that, that in this strength, Uzziah, he led with priorities. And some of those priorities were found uh, after uh, verse 8 of chapter 26 that said that, that in this strength, he fortified his city. So he becomes strong. He's, he's seeking God. He's honoring God. And so what he does is, is he begins to fortify all these cities and rebuild these cities that, that had been torn down. And, 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 and to me, that was a priority of protection. He was protecting what it was that, that God had done. Number two was is that he dug many cisterns for the livestock, which to me is like, that's the priority of planning. You know, so, so here he is protecting and, and he's planning. Uh, it also goes on to say that he cared for farms and the vineyards, which to me, that's a priority of stewardship in, in the life of King Uzziah. And then uh, next we see that he, he had a well-trained army of 307,000 um, high grade, this is exactly what it says, high grade Navy SEAL, high elite people. That's what it says. And, and, and that tells me that he had a priority of preparation. And then finally, we see that uh, he provided all of the army with everything that they needed. And that is a priority of generosity. And so, the results of these priorities is found here in 2 Chronicles 26, 15. And so his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped. How many of you guys ever want to be marvelous, marvelously helped? How many of you guys, there's times in your life, it's like, Lord, I need you to marvel, marvelously help me right now. Well, that's what happened in the life of King Uzziah. He was marvelously helped until he became strong. And so what we see is, is we see this progression in the first 15 verses of this story where, where, where the Lord just, you know, he, he had his priorities right. 
He was doing what it was that, that, that God had told him to do. He was obeying. He had leadership. He, he had these priorities going along in his life. And God brought him to a place of strength. But unfortunately, as, as we looked at before, he didn't stay there. And uh, we see that, yes, he obeyed. Yes, he submitted. Yes, he honored. Um, but unfortunately, he fell. And, and it was when his heart was lifted up. Second Chronicles 26, uh, 16 shows us where this happened. And it says right here, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. His heart was lifted up to his destruction. And so we see, we see the progression. We see the progression in his life where he was strong, and, and, but he became proud, which led to his downfall. And, and, and his downfall was two things. Number one, it was that he sinned against God. And, and, and what happened was is that he got to this place in his life and in his heart where he, he, he got puffed up, he began to think of himself more highly than he should, he realized that his fame and his strength and everything that he was doing, you know, he was highly respected amongst you know, the, the armies and the people of the area, and so he, he, he realized, I am, my, my, my fame has spread. But what happened was is that that fame and that, that, that pride began to spread in his heart. And what happened was is that he sinned against God. And by that, I mean, he, he went into the temple and burnt incense, which was not his job. It was the job of the, of the priests to go in and burn incense. And, and, and so there was a very strict order and, and um, uh, order which God had set up years and years ago, and he basically decided, eh, I'm famous, I'm powerful, God's made me all these things, and he stepped out from the position that God had placed him in, and, 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 and he overstepped the, his bounds in his position, and unfortunately, that led to the next thing, and that is that he didn't yield to correction, because what happened was is that he sinned by going in and doing this, but we see in the story here that 80 priests basically confronted him and came to him to address the, 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 the pride that was in his life. They came to address, and, and I, I guarantee you, that had, to be that had to be tough for these 80 priests. Why? Because this king was successful. He was strong, and, and the, the nation was flourishing, and, and so here he does what he wants, you know, he's doing all of these things which lead to having a strong nation and a, and a strong country, but he, he makes a mistake, and these priests decide, okay, we need to call him on his mistake. And so 80 of them, it said that they were strong. They went to him and they confronted him in his sin. But unfortunately, he did not yield to that correction. He did, he did not conform to that correction. He didn't listen to the correction that God was bringing him through these priests in his life. And, and I think that the the irony in this is, is that you remember in the beginning when he was a 16-year-old boy and he, and he comes into leadership as a king, 
What did he do? He yielded to, he yielded his life to Zechariah. He yielded his, his life and his guidance to God. And so he, God brought this blessing. But in here, we see that he failed to yield. And, and it says that he got mad, then he got angry, and then he threw a, just a hissy fit, and he got just outright mad. And what ended up happening was is that God struck him with leprosy. And unfortunately, he had leprosy for the remainder of his life. He, he was confined to isolation. His, his son ended up leading uh, the country all because he stepped out and, and failed to yield. I, I kind of wonder, I ask myself the question as I read this story, is, is that yes, he sinned. We've, we've all made a mistakes and we've all missed the mark. He missed the mark. But I wonder if when these 80, these 80 priests came to him and said, hey, you missed it. I wonder if his heart was different, if his heart was right, if, it, if, if his heart said, you know, you're right. I shouldn't have done this. And, and I wonder if God's mercy would have come on him. I believe that it would have. I believe that it would have had a, a different outcome. But unfortunately, it didn't. And, and the story really doesn't tell us, you know, any of the details of it. But I believe that, that he became puffed up in pride to a point where he, he decided, I'm not going back. I'm not going to yield. I'm not going to submit to God. I'm not going to submit to godly counsel in my life. And as a result, he lived the rest of his years in isolation. And, and, and so, you know, what we see here is externally, you know, up to that point, things were great. The, the country was doing well. He was a great leader. He was, uh, 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 you know, famous throughout all of the area. Um, and God helped him. He gave him favor. And he, um, he grew exceedingly strong. But something happened in, 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 in this is that internally Uzziah failed. And, and we can be strong in the Lord, but we have to remember, as we looked at before in Ephesians 6, that Paul said to be strong in the Lord, and, and, and in that verse of scripture in Ephesians 6, it says, he goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God. Why? He says, so that we can resist the strategies of the enemy. Verse 12 says, for we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities in an unseen world. How many of you guys know that, that in, in Uzziah's heart, that's an unseen place? Externally, he had, he had power, he had strength, he had fame, he had honor, he had respect. But there was something that took place inside of him internally that, that couldn't be seen. And, and it's so funny because uh, this week we went to, uh, we had a field trip to Sac Air Force Museum. And uh, uh, how many of you guys have been there? It's a really cool place. Uh, they, they were doing a trade show at this thing. And, and uh, you know, we had looked at all the planes. We were there for a long time. So I, I was just kind of wandering around looking for, really looking for something to eat and drink. And uh, they had a lot of that stuff at this trade show. You know, those trade shows, they, they serve you know, all kinds of great stuff. So I was just kind of meandering down, just seeing what I could, what I could find. And, and, uh, and so I ended up in this conversation with these guys that were there at this trade show. And this trade show was, it was basically, um, a, a, uh, they were in the industry of agriculture, manufacturing, and uh, some other things. And what they were, their, their whole thing was maintenance and uh, reporting and uh, monitoring of, of internal 
uh, components in manufacturing. And so like this one guy that I talked to, he had this little thing that was about this big and you could stick it on pretty much any part of a manufacturing uh, uh, piece of equipment and it would monitor heat, it would monitor vibration, it would monitor all of the internal things that you couldn't see with your, with your natural eyes. It would monitor uh, heat and sensitivity because a lot of this, this manufacturing stuff is, is really high grade stuff. And what happens is, is that they have to monitor it in order to uh, tell the people that are running the thing when there's something that's pr- a problem. And so there's, what's amazing to me is that there, this whole industry is designed around the, the measurement of internal, internal parts. And so we're standing there talking, he's like, well, what, what industry are you in? I said, I'm in the inter- internal industry too. He goes, oh really? I said, yeah. I said, uh, you know, I work with people. And uh, we, we help people with their internal, internal being, their spirit man, you know? He's like, oh, okay. You know, and so, but, but there was, the, the correlation here is, is that just like Uzziah, there was something internal that took place in his life where he, he didn't, he didn't monitor it. He didn't, he didn't uh, measure it. He didn't uh, understand it. He allowed it to get to a place where it was basically it was a, a catastrophic failure. And so these guys that were at this trade show, their whole, everything they're doing, there's you know, hundreds and thousands, you know, millions of dollars being spent on the measurement of what's going on internally in these machines. And, and they report and they send all these things. I, I was amazed by it. I was like, they had these devices that they could point at a, a, a bearing and it would tell them if there was you know, too much heat and it was all radio waves and, and things like that. And I was like, it's, the correlation is amazing to me because as believers, there's something that's going on internally that, that we have to make sure that we are maintaining, that we are monitoring, that we are, that we have a, a, a you know, we cannot see it with our ear or our eyes. We can't hear it with our ears, but there are tools that we've been given. Some of those tools we know are the word of God each and every day. It's like that word of God can be placed upon our life to help us to see where we need to make adjustments and corrections. The Holy Spirit has been placed on the inside of us to help us to say, hey, whoa, 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 no, no, not that. You know, you need to make this adjustment because you've got something that's going on. You're, you're overcharged in this area or, or maybe you've got, you know, he, you're heated about something in an area. You need, to, you need to make this adjustment. And so we've been given the same tools to measure internally. We've been given the church. We've been given friends. Friends, uh, uh, fellow believers that will help us to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, you need to make an adjustment here. And so we can see that there's this internal failure that takes place in the life of Uzziah. And, and so for us as believers, God wants us to be strong. But we have to make sure that we're protecting the internal being of us, which is our heart. I used this example here a few weeks ago uh, that we have this pool out back. And I made the, the, the grim fail, failure decision this past fall to not cover the pool. And every day I walk out there when I wake up, when I'm, you know, when I'm getting ready, I'll, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll you know, meander out to the, to the back window and I'll look down at this pool and it's just a cesspool of stuff. There's leaves, there's sticks, there's all of these things because I didn't cover it. 
And, and the same thing is true for us that we have to make sure that we are protecting our internal being and, and, and being vigilant about what it is that's going on. Because we see that in Uzziah's life, that, that he didn't do this. He didn't, we, he didn't make the, the, the right choice in this area of his, his life. And so we see that God's view of pride is this. Proverbs 16, five says that, that the Lord detests the proud. He detests the proud and they will surely be punished. Proverbs 16, 18 goes on to say that pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. But you know, we also know that, that, that humility is the opposite of pride. And it says in 1 Peter 5, 6, that and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you uh, relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at that right time, you will uh, be lifted up in honor. And so what I see here is, is that he was lifted up in pride and, 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 and it was because he didn't protect his heart. But when we humble ourselves, we, we ourselves will be lifted up in honor. And so it's, it's, it's our job, it's our respo- responsibility to put on humility. It's our responsibility to say, you know what, I'm, not to think of yourself more highly than you should. We have to humble ourselves. And if we don't, Matthew 23, 12 says, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. How many of you guys have ever been humbled? Anybody in here? Yeah. I can remember back when I was a young man, which, you know, I'm still young, so that's why I said, you know, younger. I was just younger. Uh, back when I was a younger man, I, uh, um, I was really into athletics and really, I'm still into athletics. I just, yeah, I just got, yeah. I'm still into soccer with eight, little eight-year-olds. But anyway, um, <clears throat> You know, I went to uh, a football camp between my junior and senior year of high school. And back then, when I was a younger man, I thought I was pretty good. You know, I, I could hold my own. I could, you know, do my thing. I could, you know, run with the best of them. And I, I think as a young man, I was in pride. Let's just call it, I was in pride, okay? I thought more highly of myself than I should. I thought I was, you know, better than some people. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I wanted to be better. And so my mom and dad let me go to this camp at Nebraska. And uh, I will never forget it as long as I live because it was an extremely humbling experience, extremely. Because the first day, you know, I got there and everything's good. And then the next day, when we began to run through drills and we began to do, because really essentially what the, the, the camp was, was a, it was a testing recruiting uh, uh, tool that Nebraska was using for these people, for these guys that were coming. I was not one that was being tested, okay? But I was, I was being tested, but I was not being considered, okay? Let's just put it that way. And so, you know, I can remember the first day we, we went out and it was, a, it was a lot of running. And I, I was fast, but I was not as fast. But probably the most humbling thing was the day that we went into the weight room to do some tests for weight. And uh, I walked in and I was looking at this guy and I'm like, this, I'm looking at what the, the weight on his, on the bench and I'm like, he's warming up with my max, okay? 
Uh, he, he's, he's literally warming up, like repping out what my one rep max was. And I'm just like, I just kind of slowly backed away, slowly walked out and went and found something. I probably went to the cafeteria. I don't really know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, is that, you know, in my heart and in my mind, I thought I was something, Right? I thought that I was uh, gifted and talented and strong and all of these things. And I realized I was an average man. I came back to trainer high school, uh, the small little school that I go to, and I realized you're just an average man, okay? There are other people out there that are far superior than you when it comes to uh, the fo football. The one guy that I roomed with, he literally slept with his helmet on. I'm not kidding you. He was that serious about what was going on. I, however, was not that serious. But it was a humbling experience because I realized that it was good for me. It was very, very good. I realized that, you know, if I wanted to work hard and, and, and give my life to it, could I have competed on that level? Yeah, maybe. But there are just some people that are just gifted beyond belief. And, and, and so it was humbling to me, but it helped me to gain perspective in my life that, that, you know, I need to be a humble person. God's given me, you know, graced me with certain things, but I need to walk and I need to put on humility. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't, we don't put on humility like that coat. Okay, I'm just going to be humble. And we have to be ourselves humbled. And, and, and I think that if we went around the room, we would all have a story similar where God humbled us and helped us to see the, the, the error of our ways. And, and so we need to do uh, as First Peter says, and that is, is to uh, address ourselves with humility. Because if we don't, uh, we ourselves will be humbled. James 3.13 says that if you are wise and, under, and understand God's way, prove it by living an honorable life. Prove it by living an honorable life. Doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. But wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's, it's also peace-loving. It's gentle at all times. And, and, and then this next thing is, is it's willing to yield to others. To me, you know, as, as I studied this, the willing to yield is really what kind of stuck out to me. Because I think that in, in, in our lives, whether it's in our own personal lives and how we think about ourselves, whether it's in a marriage relationship, whether it's in a business, whether it's this willing to yield thing, is, it, it really stood out to me. And as I thought about it, I thought about the Lord just kind of brought to my remembrance freeways, freeways, not interstates, freeways. Um, did you know they're freeways? Us, us Iowans, we call them interstates, but people in California, they call them freeways. And so I just want to get it right. And so on freeways, how many of you guys, when you're driving on a freeway, there is a lane closure? right? And so what do they do? They bring everybody down to one lane, right? Now, who in here is, mm, what's the best adjective? Uh, frustrated. No, let's just be honest. You're angry when the person zips past you on the right side to kind of squeeze in there. How many of you guys, how many of you guys that brings anger, frustration? Yeah, I got, I got every hand. Yes, I got every hand. We don't like that. Because we've moved over in time. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. We moved over in time, and now they think they're gonna go zipping up past us and then squeeze in, you know? And so what do we do? Man, we just, we go bumper to bumper, right? We, we just like, who, who in here goes bumper to bumper? And how many of you guys talk to yourself too, like, oh, no, you don't. No, you're not getting in here. No, you're not squeezing in. No, you get the back of the line, right? That's what we do. And we want them to hit the, we want them to hit the cones. We want them to drive off the road. Right? Squeeze them. Just squeeze them out. But guess what? The Lord used that illustration for me when it comes to this point of willing to yield. Because when we're in pride, when we're in pride, I mean, let's just call it road pride, okay? Let's we'll just call it road pride. You, next time your spouse, spouse, whoever's driving, you know, squeezes somebody out, you just say, you need to release that road pride right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but think about it, guys, in your own life, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's with your kids, whether it's in your business, whether it's, you take any area of your life where you think that, that you are right, you think that you have it together. You think, you know, um, there, there's just this, 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 it's a heart condition. And I think that you have to, we have to ask ourselves the question, am I, am I unwilling to yield? Am I unwilling to yield? Am I, am I, am I gonna squeeze this to the very end because I wanna be right? Because I think that, that if we have the, the road, road pride, uh, in, in any area of our lives, we're, we're, let's just be honest, we're in pride because we're, we're unwilling to yield to maybe our spouse because, gosh darn it, I wanna be right. But, but this verse is saying, the wisdom from above is first pure. It's, it's, it's also peace loving. It's gentle at all times. Can I tell you, when, when you're screaming down the freeway, you're not gentle. Man, it's like, you know, but, but it says right here, willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And, I, and so I think that in our lives, guys, that so that we don't fall into the trap that King Uzziah, that, that he fell into, where, where he basically was unwilling to yield to these 80 priests who were coming to him and saying, listen, you've made a mistake, you have sinned. But, but we see that, man, he just, his emotions just went crazy and he was unwilling to yield. And in our lives, we can't be, we can't be that way. With our kids, with our, with our spouse, if we, if we just demand to be right, we're, we're, we're in the place where we're unwilling to yield and, and we're in a place of pride and, and we have to say, no, what, you know what? Let's just back up, let's, you know, on the, on the freeway. You can practice it on the freeway. You can pump the brakes and say, you know what? I'm gonna let you just come right in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you yield in and be a part. I'm gonna prefer my brother who's taken advantage of me, who's, who's sped up, who's not been, you know, I, Listen, how many of you guys, you, the, the same feelings that we carry on a freeway, when somebody speeds up, those same feelings come up inside of us when there's, when there's consternation and problems and things that are going on in our lives. And if we would just say, you know what, I'm not gonna allow these things to, to cause me to, to not yield. I'm just gonna back up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let them in and smile. 
not tell them they're number one. I'm just going to let them in and smile, right? And let them. And so I want to look here just as we close here at four priorities that we can have over pride. You know, there's, there's other ones here, but the first one is in Second Chronicles 26, 5. It says that Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah who taught him to fear God. And so number one, we see that we need to seek God. He sought God or he followed God. You put whatever word you want in there. Like it was, it was a priority in the beginning. When we, when we look at the very beginning of this story with King Uzziah, when he was 16 years old, he was seeking God. He was following God with all of his heart. He was submitted. He was under somebody. He was allowing somebody to speak into his life. And we too need to be in the position where number one, we need to seek God. The second thing is found in 2 Chronicles 26, 9, that Uzziah built fortified towers. And so in my mind, number two, the number two priority when it comes to our lives is that we have to protect our heart. We have to. We have to. It says in Proverbs 4, 23, to keep a vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. You know, if I would have put the, 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 the cover on the pool in our backyard. Do you know how many less leaves would be in there? Do you know how many less corn stalks would be in there? Do you know, do you understand? Like there's like, I have chairs in there. I have had squirrels in there, dead squirrels, dead squirrels. I've had turkeys. I've had all kinds of things in this pool because I didn't cover it. And our heart is the same way. With all, with all vigilance, we have to protect and cover and, 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 and say, you know, look at what it is that we're allowing into the pool of our life, which is our heart, you know, and, and say, no, I'm not going to allow that in. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to, you know, succumb to that. I'm going to have a vigilant watch over my heart because I don't want my heart to look like Brian's pool. I should have taken a picture of it. It's worth a thousand words. <laughs> Actually, we're having a party next weekend if you all want to come over and we're going to clean it out together. You know, less, more hands make the job light, right? But number two, we have to protect our heart. Number three, and Linda, you can go up, is that we have to steward what it is that God's given us. Do you understand uh, that, that we are stewards? We're stewards. And, 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 and 1 Timothy 6, 17 says that as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything. They, he provides us with everything. Whether you realize it or not, everything in your life has been given to you by God. And we're stewards. You, you remember the parable of... of uh, the, the ruler that went away and he gave talents to three different guys, that's our life. We've been placed on this earth. God's given us, you know, he's blessed us with a job. He's blessed us with talent. He's blessed us with a family. He's blessed us with a wife or a husband. He's blessed us with all of these things and we have to realize and recognize that we're just stewards of what it is that's been given to us. King Uzziah, God just continued to bless him and bless him and, and pour into him and pour into him. He does the same thing to us. 
he pours in, he pours in, he enriches us. And, 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 and that's why the Bible says that we have to be faithful in those little things so that God can make us ruler over much. And I think that sometimes we're, we're not faithful in the little things. And so God wants to keep on pouring. He wants to continue to make us stronger. He wants to, 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 to solve the issues of our life. But I think that sometimes we get into this place of pride and, and we're unwilling to yield to God. We're unwilling to yield to the Holy Spirit and what it is that he's telling us to do. And we have to realize, okay, Lord, I just, I'm a steward. I'm a steward of this marriage that you've given to me. Father, forgive me. I'm, I'm gonna yield to the fact that maybe I haven't done it right. I'm going to yield to the fact that maybe I haven't, you know, spoken correctly to my kids. I'm going to yield to the fact that maybe I haven't, you know, dealt with employees in the, in the, in the right way. But Father, I'm a steward of what it is that you've given to me. And so Father, I need your help in stewarding that. Give me wisdom. Give me guidance. Give me direction. And when we, when we handle our lives as a steward, when, when our goal in life is to, to, to steward and, 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 and take care of of what it is that God's given us. What we do is, is we're placing our heart in a position to realize, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. This wasn't me. This was you. It's, it's, it's through the, the faithfulness of stewardship that we are telling God, you know, I can't do this on my own. And I'm just here to protect and, 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 and steward what you've given to me. I need your help. That is clothing ourselves with humility. That is putting on humility. That is not allowing ourselves to rise up to a place where we think we have it all together, that we can take care of it all, and we don't need his help. When we get to that place that Uzziah got to in his life, he was not stewarding it. We saw in his life where, where, we, where he had all these priorities. It shows us very, very clearly that that, that 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 strength grew to an exceeding amount by those priorities. As he, as, he, as he took care of business and as he did what he was supposed to do, his strength grew. But the minute that he, he, he let go of that stewardship is the minute that he fell. And so we too, number three, must be stewards of what it is that God gives. And then fourth, we have to give of, we have to give of our lives, give of your life. You know, God is the giver. He gives grace. James 4, 6 says that he gives grace. He gives grace generously. Our God is a generous giver. What's it go on to say? As the scripture says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So he opposes and resists us. That's what he did with King Uzziah. As he got to that place of pride, he's like, okay, you know, I gave you the opportunity. I, I tried to humble you. I, I had somebody come in, these 80 priests, and they confronted you on what it is that you, you were doing wrong but you failed to do that. And so now I have to resist you. Now I have to oppose you. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be in a place in my life where, where God resists me. We're talking about being strong. God wants to give us strength. God wants to make our lives strong. But if we're in pride, he's gonna, his hands are tied. He's gonna resist us in our lives. He's gonna oppose us. But what it goes on to say is, is that he gives grace to the humble. Uzziah had so much grace in his life, in the story, that, that, that at a young age and, and leading all of these people, God graced him, helped him, strengthened him, sent people into his life, 
and, and, just, and just moved him to a place of greatness, of great grace. And I think in our lives, we, we, we could all admit and, and realize and, and we would affirm that we, are, we too have received the generous gift of grace in our lives. But we have to recognize that it's, that's, it's his grace. And, 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 and two is, is that just as he has generously given to us, we too should generously give to others. When we're going down the freeway, we need to generously give grace to other people. Generously. And, and, and I, I think, though, that this, this idea of giving is so much larger, though. Because gr- giving is the act of giving or the discipline of giving is, again, it kind of ties back to sh- stewardship. It's really the action of stewardship. That it's like in every area of my life, I'm going to give. I'm gonna give in my finances, I'm gonna give in my marriage, I'm gonna give to those that are in need, I'm going to help. And so what are we doing? We're showing showing God, listen, this is all because of you. You've blessed me so richly that I'm gonna give of my life. But the minute that we stop giving, the minute that we we decide I'm gonna hold back in this area of my life, we're, we're entering into a place of pride. Because we're saying, Lord, I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna let you into this area of my life. I don't need you here. I've got this taken care of. I can, I can take care of this. I've gotten to this place. And so we, we move into that place of pride. And so that's why I say that, that, that this, this priority of giving in every, every area of your life is absolutely critical. It's critical because remember, if you guys remember, um, you guys remember the children of Israel that in Deuteronomy 8, um, he was reminding them to, to be aware that in plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God. It goes on to say in verse 14, do not be proud. Do not be proud at, the time, at, at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery and in the land of Egypt. Number, uh, verse 15, do not forget. Verse 16, he fed you. Verse 18, remember. And, and, and when I read the word remember, when I read the remember, word remember, that to me is like, remember me in your giving. Remembering me in the giving of your life. Remember me in the giving of, your, of, of who you are in your marriage, in, in your relationships, in your money. In every area of your life, you're remembering him and you're giving. And when we do that, we can avoid the destruction that King Uzziah experienced in his life. Because we're protecting our heart, we're we're, uh, um, protecting our heart, we're seeking God, we're stewarding what it is that he's given to us, and we are practicing giving of every area of our lives, amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We thank you, Father, for this story and the principles, Father God, that we can pull from it for our lives. Father, we know that you want to bring great blessing and strength into our lives. You want to make our lives strong. And so today, in this time of decision, and in this time of consecration, Father, we come to you because it's in these moments, Father God, where the Holy Spirit is dealing with us about areas of our lives. And Father God, I just pray that, that for each and every person that's in this place, that 
if there is an area in their life where they have been unwilling to yield, I pray, Father God, that you'd help them to recognize that. Help them to, to make that adjustment and that, that course correction so that they don't have disaster, so that they don't have destruction. Father, I know that, that by the Spirit of God, you have warned them, maybe in their own time, in their own personal life. Maybe you've used people and friends to warn them, Father. But I pray, Lord, that you'd strengthen them to make that adjustment, to, 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 to yield again in that area of their lives. And we thank you, Father God, for, for the blessing and the honor and the grace that you want to pour out. You don't want to resist them, but you want to uh, begin to pour out again in their lives. And so I just thank you, Father, for that. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you, you don't know God, maybe you're far from him and your relationship is, is in a place where you, you've walked away from him. Today is the day to get right, to get back into right standing with him. And so if you're that person and you want to get back in right standing with him between you and your father, just raise your hand and say, Lord, that's me. If there's anybody in here, is there anybody at all that wants to come back? Okay. All right, and, and maybe you don't know him as your Lord and your Savior. Today is the day to make that choice to follow him. And if you're that person and you've never made a decision to follow him, say, Brian, that's me. I need you to pray with me. Is there anybody in here? Anybody at all? All right, I think we're amongst our own. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, for strengthening us with might by your spirit in our inward man, Father. That as we go from this place, as we go from this house, Father God, you're gonna help us to walk in humility in every area of our lives. And Father, when we do that, we know, Father, that great blessing will be upon us, that we, we can then be stewards of that and give to others. And we just thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen.